What's going on, Straight Talk Faithful? Your host, your boy, George McKay, back in studio again today, pre-recorded, and I got a special one. As you can see on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening, I'll introduce him right now. Please welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling, one half of one of the best tag teams, Ontario Indie Wrestling, actually tag teams in wrestling, period, one half of the Dirty Vets, the Notorious T.I.D. Welcome to Straight Talk. What's going on, pal? How you doing? I am doing absolutely fantastic. You know, it's, uh, it's COVID. Cool. Schedules are opening up. I'm able to talk to people a little bit more. I got to say, being a podcaster right now, as you know from your history, when wrestlers have the time and everybody's got time, it's made my life completely easy. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I, I mean, back in the days when we were doing, you know, strictly wrestling heavy stuff, like with, you know, when we started live audio wrestling and then doing the O Show stuff as well, it was, uh, it was really tough at first trying to get, get guys to commit. The, the, the hardest thing for us was because, hey, we'd, we'd go to the guys in the WWF and say, uh, you know, we got this show that we do, this online radio show, and right away they'd look at us like we had three heads. The frig is an online radio show. It's just like a radio show when you listen to it here. And we try to explain to them, it's like, well, how do you do it? Well, we have this studio set up. So one of the very first guests that they ever sent us was Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons shows up in like a stretch limo, right? And, and we were right across the street from uh, a canoe. And uh, the Toronto, uh, the newspaper and stuff like that, right? So everybody's like, oh, maybe he's going to a canoe to do something or whatever. And he pulls up to this little studio for us and gets out friendly as ever. No problem. You know, and then it was it was it was the toughest part is trying to get guys locked down, you know, get a couple of minutes of their time and stuff like that, because we don't you know, as as wrestlers, if you've always got your hustle going. So you don't have a lot of downtime and stuff like that. And a lot of them forget that part of your hustle to get yourself over is doing things like this. You know what I mean? Like everybody was like, oh, you just do a radio show or you just do a podcast. And the podcast guys are like, oh, well, you're just a a wrestler or you're just a performer. What everybody has to remember is everybody needs each other. We need we need guys that are doing podcasts as wrestlers and wrestling and podcast guys and these wrestlers because that's their content. You know, everybody just needs to smarten up and just like get along, man. It's cool. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you anymore. And, you know, it's exciting for me to talk to, again, one of like the founding fathers of podcasts. You kind of had an online radio show before anybody else did. You actually sent me an invite to your group on Facebook, the Godfathers of Podcasts. I joined it right away. I love the content. I love everything about it. And you know what? The great thing about it is, is that if it wasn't for guys like you that paved the way for guys like me, I would have never had the guts to do this. I know I don't have a face. I don't have a face for uh, television. I do, however, have a voice for radio. So that makes for something sweet. (laughs) Right? Yeah. No, when we when we first started. When we first started, there wasn't there wasn't anything. I think there was like it was on a it was on a station called Virtually Canadian, and the amount of people that came out of that uh, uh, studio, so to speak, like you'd be you'd be hella surprised. Like we had, you know, uh, the guy who came to us about starting the wrestling show because they want a content, they want a program, stuff like that, was a gentleman by the name of Jeff Merrick. I don't know if you watch hockey or know who Jeff Merrick is, but he's, you know, one of the very few guys in all of Canada who actually gets paid to just watch and analyze hockey, not even as an ex player or anything like that. Like he is a brilliant, brilliant human being. And, 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 uh, you know, somebody that I like to call one of my very good friends over the years. 
So we had a guy like him who had his own show uh, with uh, Bob Makowitz Jr., who was a uh, producer, uh, one of the original producers for Off the Record uh, with Michael Landsberg, um, and also another uh, Canadian guy you might have heard of named George Strombolopoulos. Yep. Um, the three of them had a show you know, for the longest time that they were taken from, from regular radio and they were going over to internet radio, basically. And we had uh, Caroline Bargut was there. She is now a news anchor out in Winnipeg, I believe. Um, Sid Sixero, who has uh, a TV show now, I think it's on uh, CBC or Sportsnet, one of these, one of these sports things, right? Um, Headley Jones, who is a world-renowned, you know, DJ and stuff like that. Uh, like we had so much talent that was inside of this one facility and, you know, and then right along with it was just me and Donnie, just a couple of dummies who just like to talk about wrestling. That was about it, you know, and they had no money for us. Nobody knew how to sell us. Nobody knew how to, you know, to even market us. Right. So they had come to us, the owner and come to us and said, uh, listen, if you can make money off of this and you can sell this, you go right ahead and sell it. So that's what I did. I went out and I sold it. I sold the show and I came back and he was like, I was like, we got a title sponsor. This is what I need. We're going to have, you know, people coming in to do their readers, blah, 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 all this stuff. And he's like, hold on. Who did you sell this? How did you sell this? And all of a sudden I was like, here's what you're going to have to understand. Live audio wrestling for the next couple of months is now brought to you by www.smutland.com. And that was it. I sold it to a porn site, plain and simple, because they got money, right? Mm -hmm. So oh, yeah. and, and and this was this was the time of, you know, you gotta remember this was, you know, what, 95, 96. So this was like wrestling, the big thing was like the ECW stuff, and everybody was extreme and edgy and 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 you know what I mean, doing their thing. So it was like well, it's perfect that we get sponsored by a porn site then. No problem, right? So I thought it was fantastic. The owner was then uh, trying to try to get his uh, cut out, and he got nothing. So, <laughs> Hey, he told you to go sell it. You found somebody. And you're right. You're right about the porn and wrestling thing went hand in hand, especially with ECW. They had Jasmine St. Clair on there for a few years. So right? porn and wrestling does go hand in hand because a lot of people who watch wrestling usually watch porn. <laughs> so it worked. <clears throat> so tell me tell me about I want to talk about you for a second. I want to talk about your career because man, you have had a long, healthy uh, viral career. You've been around the business for so long. And um, one of the things I mean you're also a lot of people might not know you are the co-owner of Crossbody Pro, Pro Academy. You and Ben Ortman's side by side partners there. And I had the privilege and honor of interviewing Ben way back. And uh, he's the one, when I interviewed him, I came out to the show. I saw everything you guys were doing there, and I loved it. He invited me back. I kept coming back, and I just, it flourished. The content there, the talent you have there, it's just redonkulous, man. You have literally some of the best talent in the world. Not just Ontario, the world. Your venue is small, but it's intimate. I've had Holden Albright steal my water to spit in Frankie the Beast's face. I've had Holden Albright break a chair in front of me. I've had actually, you know what? A lot of this stuff involves Holden and how bad he's put his body yeah. on the line. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I had to have a, I had to have a little talk afterwards where I was like, bro, why you keep breaking all of our chairs, man? Like, <laughs> you know, and then, and then he does silly things with, with guardrails and stuff like that. And, and don't kid yourself, like he, you know, listen, uh, Holden Albright is one hell of a human being. Uh, I, I love him to death. 
Um, I wish nothing but fantastic things for him. Um, and that's, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about about what we're trying to do at Crossbody Pro Wrestling and Crossbody Pro Wrestling Academy is we're trying to let guys showcase themselves, not just come in and say, hey, this is what we want from you. You know, we want you to come up with stuff and we want you to be able to showcase and want you to throw everything you can up against the wall and whatever sticks, sticks. And that's fantastic. You can take it elsewhere and use it in other places. Um, we've, we, you know, when Ben and I first decided to do this whole thing, um, it was, it was basically one of those things is like, listen, here's the rule is that there's going to be no bullshit. Uh, I don't want any drama. I don't care what school you're from. I don't care what promotion you're from. Um, I want you to come here and be very comfortable and get yourself over. That's it. That's all I wanted. Right. So it was, uh, it was interesting at first, um, and Holden is one of the guys that really like took the ball and ran with it. Um, like, you know, and he's been, he's been incredible. A couple of, you know, we've had so many, we got so many young guys there that are just, just murdering it right now. You know, we've got like Gabriel Fuerza, I mean, a uh, top notch talent, you know, Alexander Del Bruno. I mean, we've got, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, the empire, a couple of young kids that nobody would even look at sideways and say, like, you'd look at these kids and you go, Oh, that's great. My paper boy is hanging out with my milk delivery boy. And what are they going to do this week? You know, nobody took these guys seriously in any way, shape or form, but they've managed to go out there and they get people behind them because they do what they're supposed to do, basically. Right. So, I mean, I love all of the talent that's been, that we've been able to put out there. You know, if all of the, you know, when this whole thing is over and stuff like that, we're going to continue you know, to do everything that we can to 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 put over, you know, uh, the young talent along with talent that we bring in from other places. Like we've had the privilege of of having, you know, like Speedball Mike Bailey down a couple of times with us. You know, Madman Fulton, who's just a beast of a human being. You know what I mean? He's become very very close to the family as well. Um, like it, it's 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 fantastic the amount of, of talent outside that we've been able to draw on that can come in and help all of the local guys get better and, you know, and, and vice versa, everybody gets better. Iron sharpens iron. And, and we just wanted to put on quality shows that weren't, weren't, you know, over the top hokey. They weren't, you know what I mean? Uh, the, it wasn't all gimmicky and everything like that. Um, but, but, you know, we're just we're just happy to do what we got to do, and when this is all over, we're going to continue to do just that, man. Absolutely, and I can't wait. As soon as the next crossbody show, I mean, I was jacked for the show in in March. I was super excited about that, man. Fuerza and Holden, I've talked to both of them since that show had to get canceled because of COVID, and they both told me the kind of the plans that they had. And when Holden told me his idea, he's like, "I wanted to go 80 minutes." I was like. Where's my wallet? Shut up and take my money. How can we make it happen? Can we do an empty arena? Can something go down? And he's like, no, we just got to be patient. But the storylines and what I love about Crossbody is the slow builds, the storylines. You guys really take the time to set it all up perfectly. You've got, uh, for example, in the women's division, you've got Alexia Nicole holding it down for over almost a year now with that title. And her and Crystal Moon have been going back and forth about what they're going to do or how they're going to amp it up every time. And they do. You bring in other ladies for the mix, but really the women's division comes down to those two ladies. Then you look at the tag team division. 
I'm a big tag team wrestler. I love tag team wrestling. I go all the way back to the 80s with it. If we're going to go top tier, I got to give it up to like, uh, if I'm going to go AEW, I got to give it up to the prime. I got to give it up to um, uh, private party. I got to give it up to best friends. I got to give it up to the revival. It was with WWE. Now they're free agents. A lot of people suspect they will be in AEW soon. I mean, the list of tag teams go on and on. If we're talking tag teams here at home, you got to give it up to the North. Got to give it to Empire. Got to give it to the Dirty Vets. And that's where my whole kind of segue was going, was that you guys and Empire had probably one of the best storylines of 2019. You really, really did. There was this back and forth with the Dirty Vets, with their manager, Mr. Hamill, the mouthpiece. And it was Empire, always the underdog. Matt Grant, TJ Kirk. Every time they got this close, Dirty Vets found a way to squeak it out, pull it out, whether it be interference by Hamill Weapons involved, tinkering with the referee, whatever may have you. And then the storyline built to this pinnacle where it was, okay, you want one more shot at us, you being the champions? Okay, we're going to do it. But this time, you got to put your careers on the line. If we win, you go back to refing. If you win, you get the titles. And it was when that, when that whole thing came down, I was in the audience like, no, yeah, yeah. And it was such a great build. And a great story. And that's what a lot of people don't, a lot of ignorant people still don't understand about the wrestling business. Yes, we are there to entertain. You guys put your bodies at risk. You work 330 plus days a year. You're the only sport in the world where you're going that much time. But also the story, the art form, the dance. And the four of you delivered on so many things. And you mentioned earlier about how both of those guys, nobody would even look at them. Well, after you guys put the gold on them, I know their stock rose. And it rose exponentially. But I just, I love the slow build. And I love how you guys do it. Talk to me about that, if we can. Maybe pull the curtain back a little bit there. How great Crossbody is at developing these fantastic storylines. Because they keep people coming back. And that's the amazing thing about it. That's the kind of recipe for success. So, one of the things that that we decided when we are going to do this... You know, because Ben Ben does a fantastic job of running the shows. He's taken himself out of the mix as as a as a performer. You know, he wrestles every once in a while, uh, just when he gets the itch or whatever. But he's he's such a smart guy to know that his his ultimate talent and goal and need that he has is to make sure the show is as good as it can possibly be. And he strives every single minute of every single day, like that I've known this guy, you know what I mean? Trying to make it better. But one of the things that we wanted to do was make sure that the tag team division was taken care of. Um, And I said, listen, let me have the tag team division. Let me take care of this. Let me take the ball and, and, and run with this, if you will, right. With what we're doing and how we're writing the story. So one of the things that I like to do, it's just something that, that I learned when I was young in, in wrestling. And it's, it was, if you're going to build a program, what you have to have, like start at the back, start at the finish. You never, you never start at the beginning, right? Like, okay, this is what I want to happen. How, you know, I wanted to make sure that we had, we had those belts, you know, uh, uh, on empire, so to speak. Right. But how do you do that? Like, look at them. How do you do that? If I just, if I were to just go in there, you know, I'm, I'm six foot five, 300 pounds. Uncle Custom is like, you know, five foot four and 700 pounds. You know, (laughs) it's, 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 it's not believable. It's not believable that, you know, these two guys should be able to go out there and beat us like that. Right. It just, it doesn't make any sense. So you got to come up with very creative ways. And one of the things that we did is, 
I said, okay, this is what I want to do. And, and everybody's like, what? Nobody's going to buy it. I said, trust me. I'm going to make people buy this. People are going to believe this because we're going to try to do this in the best way that we can, as smart as we can. So now I've got my finish to this whole thing. So how do I get there? And I start working backwards. And one of the things you have to remember, like with indie, with indie wrestling is, and any wrestling for that matter, is everything can change at like the drop of a dime, right? You can have the best plan in place, but when you get to the arena and you find out that like, oh, so-and-so isn't going to be here or so-and-so is going to be late, or we've got to move you around on the card to this. Okay, so then you got to change some things because the ultimate goal is to make sure that the entire show is good. Um, so some things had to change along the lines, and I would, you know, I would basically, a lot of that stuff in the tag, in the tag team division, you know, for us, for our program, was I would be like, okay, what do I want to do next? I know what my I know what my finish to all of this is. What do I want to do next? Because I know three down the road what I want to do, right? How do I get these guys over? And one of the things, and we still had to keep the heat. We had to keep the heat on the manager because he's a very good in-between for this situation. You know what I mean? He's a lot closer to 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 being believable to being able to hang with these two guys than you know two pieces of shit like me and Uncle Custom. So that's why we would put all the heat on on Mr. Hamill for this, right? Um, and then when we, you know, because it was always Mr. Hamill would get involved. Fuck these heels, the dirty vets, goddamn Mr. Hamill screwing it up the entire time. So all the heat's on Mr. Hamill the entire time. So when we finally unveil the entire thing and 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 we get screwed out of our out of our titles it's because of the person that's had the heat on them the entire time just like in a match well how do you okay and okay so now what am i supposed to do am i supposed to am i supposed to have a am i supposed to have a rematch on this thing and and you know forgive mr hamill again well, no, that makes doesn't make any sense because then I've got too many I've got too many of one-sided teams in the division because we had other heel teams coming up and stuff like that, right? And I said, well, there's other guys that I want to work with as well because I felt that I spent a year, you know, getting getting Empire to where they needed to be so where they could get their stock up, uh, as you said, and and get these, you know, and take these belts and run with them. Let's see what happens. Um, so what better way if all of the heat is on Hamill perfect this is what we're going to do I take all of the heat I put it on Hamill you saw on that same night we walked out the curtain as the very hated individuals I wouldn't say the most hated individuals ever but very very hated individuals people wanted to see us lose badly and we gave them that and then we went back through that curtain as baby faces. So that to me is the beauty of what we can do in professional wrestling. When we can go out there and make the fans do what we want them to do and make them still enjoy everything without even like getting caught up in the bullshit of trying to be a smart mark about it or anything like that. Just enjoy it and be like, and then you think about it after we're going, those pricks were bad guys when they started. And now I love them again. Now, let me ask you this. Did anything change? Did we do anything differently? 
No, we didn't. No, 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 you right? didn't. You didn't help. From when, yeah. we were, from when we were heels to when we became baby faces, we don't do anything differently. It's just how you do it and how you can connect with the fans on doing it. And one thing that I love about our fans down at Crossbody is they love all of it. You know what I mean? They're such fantastic group of human beings that come down and watch these shows and they got behind it. It was fantastic. And that gave to me when that happened, I was like, perfect. Now let's see what Empire can do with these belts. Right. And it pulled us back and we were able to start working with, you know, some other uh, a, a, a heel tag team in the Henshaws. Right. And and see what see what we can get out of these guys next. And that was, you know, that's where we kind of left off when all of this stuff happened. Um, other than the fact that, you know, then then we had uh, Shogun and uh, uh, Blake 182, 187, whatever. Blake, his partner. Blake, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Blake yeah. <laughs> go out there and win the straps and win the straps from Empire. Right. So that was supposed to be the show that the first show that got canceled that was supposed to be the match. That's the match that when all of this is over and done with, that's the match that I want the most right now is I want Cus and I in the ring with the current tag team champions, right? Uh, uh, Blake and Shogun. Shogun who just, you know, just won the, uh, the, the impact, the last impact gut check thing as well, right? And coincidentally, they got shut down right after that too. I'm starting to see a pattern here with Blake, um, this this mother, he's shutting down companies. I can see this right now, right? I think he's responsible <laughs> for COVID. It might as well be him. If it can't be 5G Towers, it might as well be Shogun. That son of a bitch. So that's what I want when I get back is I want that match badly because I've been watching these young guys go and I'm like, you know what? I want to have some fun in there with these guys. And and to me right now with the tag division, that in crossbody, that's really all our goal right now with me and custom because we're also like not only are we the dirty vets, we're also the oldest fuckers in the business. You know what I mean? So I just want to have I want to get these young kids over as much as possible, you know, and and be able to say, you know, I I had fun in there with these guys. So that's really what we did with Empire. And, you know, and who knew? We didn't know. We didn't have any idea that the crowd was going to, you know, start healing on them after they won the belts. Well, if they're going to do that, you know, you might as well give them what they want then. Because that was a perfect opportunity for Shogun and Blake, you know, to come in and 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 work those guys in that in that match. And, you know, you saw what happened. So. I did. And you know what? You actually, that was, a, you segued perfectly in my next question. That's because you're, you're a fellow podcaster like me. You have the mind. Um, you talked about how, you know, you want the fans to go where you want them to go, but also the fans can sometimes surprise you. You just mentioned that with Empire. You put the straps on Empire, then almost right away, the fans flip on Empire. They got their end game goal, but then they flip right away because they see these other guys coming out. So when the fans kind of, tell you, no, no, this is the direction now we want you to go in. Do you automatically go in there right away or do you kind of take the slow way around? Uh, I never go in there right away. Um, that's that's never been never been my plan. It wasn't even my plan then. Uh, it was one of these, let's let's see if this is, is truly an organic thing or if this is something that, 
you know, the fans are truly behind, right? So we, we, we give them, we give them a couple of shots. We give them a couple of, a couple of tries or whatever. And then it's like, nope, this is what, this is what they're doing. Okay, cool. So, because at that point it was like, this is what they want. And we're always going to be, you know, we're always going to give the fans what, what they think they want is the best way that I can put it. You know what I mean? Fans know what they want and stuff like that. But, but you can always, if you're a, if you're a good performer and you've got a good mind for the business, you can always come out there and you know what, as a fan, I'm going to give you what you want, but I'm going to give you something a little extra too. This that thing that you didn't know that you wanted, or I'm going to pull the wool over, or I'm going to pull the carpet out from under you a little bit, or you know what I mean? And that's the beauty of what we do in pro wrestling. So, I mean, short form of your, of your, yeah, we, we do listen to the fans. Sometimes the fans, you know, sometimes the fans have, have a great mind as well and great idea. Sometimes they don't, you know, so we, 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 we try to take the best of all of it. And uh, again, we're just, uh, you know, just like with the performers, we throw it up against the wall and see what sticks. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it, it's funny that you mentioned that sometimes the fans have the right idea and the wrong idea, because sometimes the, I mean, the business lives and dies with the fans. Let's be honest. If we didn't have fans, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. I wouldn't be talking to you because you wouldn't exist. And that's just the simple fact of the matter. Um, in terms of because you you are so good at getting organic heat, whether it be positive heat or negative heat, you and uh, Uncle Custom, because you've been around so long, you know how to gain that heat. You know how to do it the way you steer it the way you want it to go. Has there ever been a point because some fans, they just believe so hard that has there ever been a point where a fan has crossed the line with you guys? Like, not to the point where a fist fight, but they've gotten up at you and you've just looked at each other in the corner and be like, that fucking guy in the corner, man. I swear to God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very often. And I mean, I mean, fist fights have happened, too. There's been no doubt about it. I can tell you a story like back in back in the day, I was working on a show. And the uh, the promoter had come up to me earlier in the show and uh, introduced me to a couple of people and stuff like that. Cool. No problem. Some friends of his a local guy. Right. Uh, big show. A couple thousand people at this show. And uh, I was working. I was working with Honky Tonk Man. And we finish, we finish the matchup and I'm going to, I'm going to leave and, you know, fans are giving me shit and everything like that. Cool. No problem. Um, and I get down from the ring and they're doing their thing and some fans are like jaw jacking to me. And this one fan gets really, really close and he's like chirping and yelling, blah, blah, blah. But then silently kind of says to me, he goes, let's work an angle and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about at this point i'm thinking to myself is this one of the friends that i was introduced to a friend of the promoter that i was introduced to earlier in the night and now he wants to like get involved with the wrestling show or whatever so it kind of pissed me off and he said yeah let's work an angle and he goes and gives me a shove and I open hand slap this guy <laughs> and he's done out cold. Just open hand slap, but I cuffed him. I cuffed him. He's out cold laying there. And I continue. Honky tonk comes out, chases me off. I leave. I go to the back. All of a sudden the promoter comes out. He's like, what the fuck was that? And I'm like, <laughs> you tell me what's up with your friend. He's like, 
I don't have a clue who that guy was. I'm like, wasn't that one of the guys? She's like, no, that guy's sitting over with me. That was a fan that you just got into it with. Fuck him, I guess. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's why that's why I was so excited to talk to you, babe, because I knew you were going to have great stories like that. But one thing I do see, a lot of times I've been at Crossbody, and this is a kudos to you. I see the respect factor you guys carry because you are the, the, you are the, the veterans of the business there at Crossbody. You've been around. You've seen so much. But I also see the way you take the time. Like, I've been there before the shows are open to the fans. I've seen – how the kind of in any in, internet's working there, if you will, inner workings, that's the word of how things go. But I always see you and, and Uncle Custom when you guys walk in, hello, how are you? Hey, what's going on? And people will stop you, ask you a question, maybe ask you about their match, and you'll sit there and you'll work with them. Even though you got to play in your own match, you'll take the time with everybody in the room to kind of give them a little bit of advice. Do you find yourself more as you get into the uh, later years of your career, find yourself more on coaching and guiding? I mean, I know you probably did that your entire career. But do you find yourself more focused on that than you do on the matches themselves? Because your matches are polished. I'm not going to kiss your ass. You are. You got you and Uncle Custom. You guys are fantastic. You you scare me sometimes when you walk out. Your theme song scares the crap out of me. And the fucking bullets. I'm like, holy shit. All right. It's the vets. It's the vets. They're coming. But do you find yourself more as a coach and a guider now than you did maybe in your early years? Yeah, 100% I do. Um, listen, I'm not I, – I, I'm never going to be one of these guys that – you know, tries to believe that he's going to have a never ending, you know, a never ending career or anything like that. I'm never going to be that guy. I'm always going to. So <clears throat> I get it. I'm at the point now where the only thing as, as, as performers, the only thing you have left to give at the end of it all is what you've learned. Um, and so my, my ultimate goal right now, that's why, that's why I agreed to start teaching again. You know, that's why I agreed to uh, open up the gym with Ben. And my ultimate goal is just to make sure that every, you know, every bit of knowledge that I can give to these guys, I do. Because at the end of the day, when I'm gone, anything that I keep with me is just useless. And I'm a selfish son of a bitch if I don't pass it on to somebody, because that's how this business is supposed to be. You're supposed to take what you, what you learn from the people before you, and then pass it on to the people after you. Um, uh, and, and that's the, I was very fortunate to be able to have that happen with me. And, and then with my career, you learn a lot of things along the way. You see things a little bit differently. <clears throat> the business itself obviously changes. So you have to be able to adapt with it. And you also have to be able to see what is coming down the pipe. You know what I mean? To see kind of where the business is going. Um, so if, if, if you can do that and then you can take all of your knowledge that you have and you can pass it on and, and make it so that somebody else can use it, because I mean, listen, that's really what all of our legacies are, uh, uh, is, is who we can leave our knowledge to, you know, our, our, our children in the business, so to speak. Um, and I look at anybody who's, you know, been in the business a minute less than me. I owe it to them, you know, to to try to tell them what I know, because there's some things there's some things that you learn along the way because nobody told you. 
So if I had the ability that somebody would tell me some of these things back then, I probably wouldn't have made some of the stupid ass mistakes in the business that I did. So I want to take that kind of stuff and be able to pass it on to the next generation. And they're going to do stupid things anyways. And then they're going to take all of that stuff and compress it down and pass it on, hopefully, to the generation after them after I'm long gone. That's how the business works. That's how it progresses. And that's how it stays going and is, is fantastic as it is. Because you know as well as I do, professional wrestling has been around for a long, long time. And I predict that it's going to be around for a long, long time to come because of that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you anymore. I've been a fan for 36 years. Since the minute I came out of my mom's will, my mom was positive I came out with a beer and a title belt. I have no pictures to prove this, but I'm positive that it happened. In my own head, it happened. Who hooked you on wrestling? Uh, you know what? It was my uncle. I was yeah. five or six. It was Christmas. And he just got a bootleg tape of the famous Jimmy Superfly Snooka off the steel cage, Madison Square Garden. And he threw it, and it was a beta tape. I'm aging myself right now, but it was a beta tape. And he popped it in his beta player because he just had it. It was the new thing. And I was playing with my cousins, and we all had wrestling figures. So I was kind of into it, but that's my earliest memory. I was sitting there pounding my butt, my cousin's uh, Shawn Michaels figure with my Hulk Hogan figure, and we were just smacking each other. And then all of a sudden, I hear, oh, no, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. I just look over the corner of my eye, and there he is on the top of the cage, and he just jumps. And I just dropped everything and I just stared in awe. And then my dad was like, oh, I missed it. Can we watch that match again? So they rewound it and I watched the whole match. I sat in front of the TV. It was almost like the 101 Down Nations thing. My dad had to kept pulling me back because I was so close to the TV. And then from there, my styles and my, my appetites for the business, they evolved. I was never a Hogan guy. I was always an Ultimate Warrior guy. And then from Ultimate Warrior, I transitioned to Sting. And then from Sting, I transitioned back to Shawn Michaels, then Triple H. Soon as Triple H got in the business, I was hooked. Right from Terror Rising, I was all about this guy. And to see where he's taken the business to, the uh, evolution of how he's evolved himself and the business, what he's done with NXT, is amazing. So I actually, that segues to a question for you. In terms of seeing the business change through so many decades, you see the talent level rise, you see the, the, the artistry get stronger you see the agility get stronger you see everything just get quicker what is the one error that you look back at with the fondness because you've you've been through it all you've been through attitude you've been through the ruthless aggression stages the pg eras and to what we're in now like the millennial style of wrestling is there a time period where you could look back and say you know what that was and even the golden age of wrestling if you will 50s 60s 70s 80s uh because that was more like a, a chunk of, of time is there a time period you look back and you say, man, that was the that was one of the funnest times when I was doing it as hard uh, going hard at it. That was the time. Is there a moment that you can look back at? You know, for 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 myself, I mean, you know, a lot of it was like early 2000s. You know what I mean? It was it was late 90s and early 2000s um, when there was there was some really good, really good money and really solid shows and a lot of them that was going around and that was because you had you know you had three three promotions on tv all at once you had wcw at wwf and you had ecw and everybody was doing their thing so the business was really good if if i had to look back myself though um i mean for myself and and this is dating me as well um i really 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 was a fan of like the NWA stuff on um, on WTBS, 
you know, uh, that, that Turner television stuff every Saturday, it seemed like it was on for like 17,000 hours, like all day long on a Saturday. And it was fantastic. And it was the studio stuff that they did back then to set up, you know, the big shows that they might've been doing in Gainesville or North Kakalaki or Charlotte or wherever it was. But you had like, you know, two rows of bleachers. Everybody was like, everybody's like, if you were to look at that in today's standards with like, two rows of bleachers with 50 people tops and everything like that. People would have been like, how can you make money off of this? Well, what they did back then was that was the precursor. That was this hype to set up for the bigger shows. And now you look at what NWA, since they've come back, they went back to that model, little bit larger of a scale so they can fit a few more people in there. You know what I mean? They've got a bigger studio, so to speak. Right. But they're, they're gone with that same kind of formula. To me, it's not quite the same because the players aren't the same. And that's taken nothing away from the guys that are doing it now. It's just the guys that did it then was so special to me because, you know, you had your Magnum TAs, you had your Nikita Kolos, you had your Dusty Rhodes, you had your, you know, the, 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 the Midnight Express you know, the Midnight Rockers, you had, you know, the Rock and Roll Express, uh, you, you had everybody came through there. And that really was like the, the catalyst and the, the trampoline, so to speak, for everybody else, you know, after they left there. And it's like, I remember that guy from then. I remember that guy from then. So that to me was that golden age, you know, of, of because that was what that was what got me to watch things like WCCW out of Texas, you know, the Portland stuff. Right. Uh, Don Owens, Portland stuff out of out of Portland, Oregon. You know, they had like Iceman King Parsons and Leaping Lanny Poffo and, you know, and, and Hacksaw Buzz Sawyer and all of these guys, you know, and growing up in Las Vegas, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to the showboat every couple of weeks whenever I could afford it as a kid and see the AWA stuff back then too. So, you know, I think, I think the business changed when, when it was such a TV heavy product and just the production of it changed from a wrestling show to a TV show, right? You grew up in that time when, when, when the wrestling was this big, huge spectacle, so to speak. Yeah. Whereas I grew up in this time where it was still this smaller kind of intimate thing, unless you went to the shows live, you guys were given the privilege of being able to see all of this stuff, the bigger stuff on TV. Whereas we had to go there in person and, and sit in these crowds to see these big things. And to me, that was, that was my golden age that I loved so much. I have an homage and an appreciation for NWA in my heart. Uh, my dad and my grandfather were huge Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes fans. So NWA, I'm no, I'm no stranger to that. When it came back and to see the resurgence of how well they polished it up, because obviously technology changes, things get better. I do love what Billy Corgan's doing over there now. I've, I've talked to a few of the NWA guys, and they are fantastic. They're all very humble. Uh, Sienna, Thunder Rosa, Zicky Dice. Uh, 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 D-Man Parker, you were supposed to have him at your show in March. They're all fantastic talents. And um, I want to actually ask this question because now we're kind of in a, a strange period in wrestling where a lot of this empty arena stuff and these cinematic matches are becoming the norm because that's right. all we can really do right now. If COVID stretches out longer than what it is, and I hate to talk it up because I just want to get back to a show. I want to get back to a crossbody show, then a Destiny show, then a Barry show, then an Alpha Watch. I just want to hit them all. I want to hit them all, Greek town, everybody. But in terms of that, have you and Ben kind of discussed the plan? And if, if this is too forward of a question, no problem. We don't have to answer. 
But have you discussed a plan on if COVID does kind of keep things going till the end of this year? Is there a possibility we may see some live stuff on YouTube, cross-body stuff, empty arena type stuff? Has there been any discussion about possible backup plans? We have we have had discussions between us about this kind of stuff. Um, we do have some ideas that we'd be able to do. But at this point, we don't know, you know, we can't implement anything until we're allowed to. You know what I mean? Um, the, I mean, we're not we're never going to go against the government. We don't have the kind of money to pay those kind of fines. I'm not I'm just not down with it. Um, but, yes, we do have some ideas, uh, some things uh, that we are going to be doing in the works Some very exciting things that we've got coming up. It's just a matter of like, trust me, as soon as that report comes out, like every report that comes out, we're looking at them. As soon as that one came out, you know, where athletes are allowed to train again, I was like, well, I need to see this. Okay. What's it entail? And of course, you know, uh, what we do isn't, doesn't, it doesn't apply there. So we're still in the waiting game, right? So yeah, you have to have a plan in place. If you don't have a plan in place, all of a sudden, like we could wake up tomorrow and, you know, the premier or the president, wherever you are, has changed his mind and the rules have changed. And now all of a sudden, boom, you can go back to it as long as you've got these kind of protocols in place. If you don't have those protocols in place, or at least an idea on how to get them in place, then you're never going to be able to pull it off. You know what I mean? You're just going to be going, you're going to, you're going to be waiting again because you got to get them in place before you can go. So our stuff is ready to go. We are 100% ready to go. As soon as this is lifted, it'll be, you know, a matter of minutes after that, that you see some really cool announcements of what we're going to be doing over at Crossbody. And as I always do, I will share away because I am a faithful Crossbodyan. I have been down since the first time I met Ben. I love the product. I love the show. I love Ben. And now I love you. You guys are fantastic. Everything you guys do in your product is top-notch. And anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, considering you might be watching this on my YouTube page, finish the interview. And then when you're done, flip over to the Crossbody YouTube page because I guarantee you, you're going to find some gems. You're going to find some of the best talent in the world. They've had some amazing guests there, and they have a crop of talent repping. Everybody that's repping gold over there, I've had the privilege of talking to. Alexia Nicole, I sat down with her twice. Holden, I've sat down with him twice. Gabriel Fuerza, I've sat down with him a few times. Pretty Ricky. Everybody that I've kind of jump-started and gotten, like, the best sound bites have all been from Crossbody. So I owe a lot to Crossbody. I do. I owe a lot to Crossbody. And um, I can't say enough good things about it. It is one of the best. I almost want to keep it my secret, though. I don't want to share it. I, I don't like to share things. I'm very selfish that way. But as much as I don't like to share it, I share it all kinds. Crossbody is... One of my home away from home next to Destiny and um, I and Revolution Women's Wrestling. Those are three promotions I'm very proud to be affiliated with and honored to work with and honored to sh share what they do because what they do entertains me so much. And okay. I have you and Ben to thank for that, especially at Crossbody. Oh, my final you. question before we yeah. wrap it up. Um, you're all about coaching. You're all about teaching. Let's play a little what-if game. If I'm right. a 15-year-old kid, I walk into Crossbody day one, I – put my money down on the table, say, okay, I'm ready to train. I want to do this. What's the first lesson out the gate that you give to a new student? Uh, well, one of the first things that we want to test is we want to see where they are, where their physical fitness level is. Um, you know, 15 might be a little bit young and I would probably persuade somebody to come back at a later date because, you know, their body isn't growing it's not done growing yet they're still going through stuff they're very rubbery they're going to think they're going to be able to do some things but they don't understand the repercussions of it later on down the road 
when they do come and they finally start to train and stuff like that, you know, one of the first things that we do is we want to see where their physical fitness levels are. What are they, what, you know, somebody might say, Oh, I've, I wrestled in school or, Oh, I played sports in school. It's a different kind of thing. Our cardio is way different than anybody else's cardio. Our, our, our footwork is way different than anybody else's footwork. I can teach you how to do all of those things. But the one thing that I want to know is I want to know where your heart is. So I'm going to push you through some paces, through some, through some exercises that we do, you know, for our cardio, for our wrestling stuff, but I'm going to push you, not because I want to see you suffer, not because I want to see you puke, not because I want to, you know, see if you can do all of these things physically. What I want to see is I want to see if you can handle this mentally, because it's 90% mental what we do in the wrestling business. The physical stuff can be taught. You can, you can learn how to do all of those kinds of things, but you've got to have the mental. And, and, and that's really the process behind, behind getting some of these some of these exercises that we do is to see if you've got the mental toughness to keep going when your body says no and your brain says yes. Wow. Well, I know for one thing, I love watching what you guys do, but I know I can never hang my hat in the ring. And if I did, I'd have to have a weapon and it would have to be. <laughs> It would have to be a spiked baseball bat because it's always been my dream to hold a spiked baseball bat. <laughs> Is that wrong to say? I don't know. I don't know. Not at all. <laughs> Notorious TID, it was an absolute honor to speak with you today. I'm so excited. I can't wait for Crossbody to return. I can't wait to see you again. First time I see you, I got to get a picture. I got to get one of those sweet, dirty vet blue ribbon pad shirts. I got to do it up big time. I got to get an autograph from you and Uncle Cussin to hang on the studios so I can add it to my proud collection. And as always, guys, don't forget to tune in next week for the social, social, socials. Follow them to see who the next week's episode will be. I'd love to give you a hint, but I'm not going to because I never do. Because if you don't follow the socials, then how do I know you're paying attention to me? I, I, even though I have amazing guests, it really is all about me. Would you not agree, Tid? Uh, you agree, well, right? I have to be because you're not – the show isn't called Amazing Guests, right? It's called Straight Talk Wrestling with your boy. That's right. All right. Notorious DID, you stay safe. You stay healthy during all this COVID stuff. And the minute it comes back, you were bent. Somebody send me a message. Send me a poster because I want to share along with you guys. Absolutely, we will, man. And thank you so much. And be sure to check out all the stuff across body. Be sure to check out the Godfathers of Podcasting stuff, you know, that we get. Be sure to check out ProWrestlingTees.com so you can get all of the crossbody shirts as well. Uh, all of those proceeds are going to the workers, going to the actual wrestlers right now. Nothing is coming to, you know, to Ben uh, or, or us at Crossbody because the workers can't work. So, we, you know, that's why he came up with this idea. And uh, kudos to him. It's been uh, it's been going pretty well. So please go there, support these guys. They will appreciate it tenfold. Absolutely. And if you have the independent wrestling television app, yes, you can also check out Crossbody on there. Hit them up. I have the app. I've watched a lot of the shows. I've been at the shows, but I like to watch them back because when they're all polished and edited, I get to see the angles that I might have missed. So it is it is it is a fantastic product. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Ben and Tid, they put on one hell of a show. And kudos to both of you guys. As always, I'm your host, your boy. We're with Notorious TID, one of the Godfathers. I feel like the torch has been passed right now. It's like the podcast. It's like the old, like the old vet is passing on to the young buck. Of course, I'm almost 40, so I'm not really that much of a young buck. But I'll, I'll keep it in my dreams. As always, guys, I'm your host, your boy. Take care. Peace, love, and wrestling. Talk to you guys next week. Take care, Tate. Peace. Later. 
Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh.